0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pizza roulette fans around Australia, welcome back to your favorite MMA podcast, the Running Back Podcast, episode number thirty six coming into you is this, this fortnight, boys, and uh, it's a big week in Australian uh, sport. We've got Melbourne Cup tomorrow. After the potty comes out, it would have been before, but you know we'll be able to tip some winners and just pretend that we got it. We'll just edit it in later. But just shucking over to the co-host, who's probably got some hot tips for the boys
1: this week. DL, how are we? I'm good. Snags. It'd be pretty bold of me to start calling Melbourne Cup winners now, and then the potty comes out on a Thursday, and we record this on a Monday <laughs> night, so I will not be going down that pathway, but Stack Show this week, Snags, got a special guest ready to dial into the podcast this episode. Actually, pretty lucky to get this guest, because they're actually about to board a plane to the state, so we talk to the one and only Chelsea Hackett, a runner-back fan favourite, and we spin the wheel for our giveaway.
0: Oh, that's why I'm just excited. It's like playing pizza roulette on a Friday night after about seven bourbons, boys. Don't know if you're going to win, but if you do, it's exciting.
1: (laughs) We're also going to talk UFC Vegas 13 and 14. Snags has something new for the listeners as well with his little book tour. I don't even know what you call it. What is it, Snags? Storytime with Snags. Storytime with Snags.
0: Yeah, releasing a children's book for charity, I think.
1: Beautiful. And you have plenty of the regular runner-back segments, but before I get too carried away, let me introduce my studio mate. Stony. It's good.
2: DL, how are you, mate? Always very good. We're recording a bit later tonight, but that's all good. We've got a public holiday following straight up tomorrow. It's always a win for the boys.
0: Oh, mate. Highly aroused about a public holiday. Snags being just moving to Melbourne, I get to reap the only reward that I've got to reap in the last three months of being here, and that's a public holiday. Because, <laughs> boys, other than that, being in lockdown. The man in the free state, though. Snap in. How are we?
3: Honestly, it doesn't feel so much like a free state when you boys are all down there getting <laughs> your public holidays for a horse race. But, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll win as uh, if you guys can just think of me as you're sitting back watching some four foot nine, 50 kilo men ride a large horse <laughs> down a pitch. Think for me. Um, stuck in my office doing some work.
0: Mate, can you please not <laughs> tell the listeners what I was doing last weekend? I'm worried. Keep going I'm worried that that, about that man boys, actually doesn't only. know what horse Jesus. racing is. I
1: don't know about that um, <laughs> explanation. I've, just, I've heard it described for me. I've
3: never watched it
0: myself. You know? <laughs> You're you not a betting man anyway, mate.
1: Nah, I hate the bets. Uh, boys, let's move into the podcast. But first, I think what we should do is do our little giveaway draw. Snags. Tell us a little bit about what we did.
0: Oh, look, we launched our giveaway a few weeks ago, so it'll be announced, obviously, today on the potty, um, the winner. So we got two, I think, excellent prizes for the fans. Um, So one, the first ever, when I say ever, limited edition. Should get the boys to sign it even, maybe. (laughs) Uh, Run it back, T, that'll be given away. And also a $50 UFC store voucher um, that you can buy your favourite UFC fighter shirt, for example, or anything that your little pizza roulette heart desires on that website. So... um, Deal. I think it's time to Larry Emder it and uh, spin time the wheel, baby. Time to spin the wheel.
1: Let's go. So we got about, I think there's about 85 entries on the wheel at the moment. So uh, good little turnout. So we'll give that bad boy a spin. Let's go. Oh, I feel
0: nervous. It's, bit, it's actually it's going fun. really far. It's actually spinning. That's what happens <laughs> with a <the> wheel, mate.
2: <laughs> the only prerequisite of a spinning oh, wheel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs>
1: Drop Bear Look MMA out. wins the T-shirt and the UFC fifty-dollar online voucher. So we'll Look out. we'll shoot Drop Bear a little DM uh, and yeah, and get the prize out to her.
0: Look out! We had a fair few entries no, there. We
1: had a great we had a great turnout. So that was good. Now, for the listeners that missed out, and especially the listeners that have reached out to us over the last few months, we have a special announcement. We are going to drop our T-shirts as supporter tees They'll be live to purchase from today, Snags. Um, we'll stick the link up in our bio. Couple of things with these tees. They are strictly limited at this stage. Tees will have four price points. They're all the same print and all the same quality. Now, the three t-shirts that have a different price point will come with extra perks. This will allow you to support the podcast even further. Press on the link. You can read through all the perks, but I'll just give you an insight on our top perks. So our Platinum Supporter T, which is the highest support you can offer us for the podcast, you get the T. you'll get a shout out on every podcast as a Platinum Supporter and the Big Kicker, you'll be assigned an executive producer role on the podcast. As executive producer, myself will take your advice on segments, including the fights that the boys will predict. You'll help with choosing hot take subjects and awesome discussion points on the podcast as well. You also get an invite to do a little bit of punting with the boys as well. You can either do a small bat run or you can jump onto the Run It Back Punters Club. We'll give you one run or one episode of that. And also an opportunity to jump on the show as well and do some picks live with the boys. Uh, we'll give you one episode of that as well. If you're keen to support the podcast in that manner, Check out our bio. The link will be up there. If you've got any questions, just shoot us through in our DM. We do thank for the people that have already reached out to us and want to get involved. We thought this would be a nice way to do it with the extra perks and get a few run-at-back teas in the market. Let's move into some story time with Snags.
0: Boys, welcome to probably the most touted and awaited segment on this podcast other than the lie detector by yours truly, Sugar Snags. Uh, So, boys, I thought I'd do one for the people and, yeah, we've got a – we got two fathers on this podcast, so I thought I'd do uh, story time with Snags and a bit of a an ABC of MMA book, uh, which you know, we may be able to release down the track in a physical copy, and uh, you know teach Stony his ABCs because I know he struggles with it a little bit. So Stoney, please c- come along for the ride, brother. Um, so what we're going to do, boys, each week we're going to drop three letters, and I'm going to give it to the boys. Just quick, short, fire and answer one word only of what you think that letter correlates to. I know I've just said another word wrong on this podcast, but we'll just leave it at that, to the uh, the letter of the alphabet. So we're going to kick it off. We're going to go from DL to uh, Statman to Stony Last. So, boys, welcome to ABC of MMA. Let's start with our first letter of the alphabet,
1: A. Um, a. Yeah. Arena. Yeah. <laughs> Arena. That was a very poor start. <laughs> <10, 10 years. laughs> Continue.
2: Kragos. I got nervous.
3: Ah. Uh. I've got to go
0: armbar. Oh, oh, very plain, obvious. very bland. Thank you for your suggestion. But eh, we need that. Thing, we need the lighting tip. <laughs> oh, you can uh, either tell me these things. Uh, I'll buddy.
2: put it in front. Uh, cannot go past a bit of Ariani. Oh, no okay. dice, boys.
0: Anaconda choke for A. Uh, uh, obviously, a very, of course. That's <laughs> my <Of course. laughs> <laughs> second guess. Uh, so, anaconda choke <laughs> takes out the A in our book of MMA. Uh, next stop is obviously the letter B. Deal? Blow out. <laughs> i said a, i said a,
1: we're talking <laughs> mma, <laughs> <I didn't think laughs> it it's MMA a,
0: related it's a kid's book mate <laughs> <laughs> you
1: can't have
2: that in the book come on mate Bring bobby up. knuckles Bobby oh,
0: Kn- oh i, oh, I should have got that one in there stony
2: i oh. stole it uh it was gonna be bobby uh let's go big ben rothwell
0: uh, boys, I haven't gone anywhere near fighters yet, so I've gone to Baron Bolo, which is obviously a, a BJJ move if you don't know it. Uh, a couple of boys look a little bit confused, that man, not so much, but if we see a Baron Bolo, I think we've seen one or two in the UFC, uh, leading into a bit of a, uh, heel hook, so hopefully we we'll see a couple in the future, but yeah, a bit of an exotic one for you boys for B. Last one for this week, boys, let us see, we might flip it back the other way, uh, Stony, give,
2: what's good? Give me a bit of chail p sugar snags.
0: Oh, Jesus. Can he be correct for once, Statman?
2: The comeback.
0: The comeback. Oh, very generic again from (laughs) you. Uh, Deal. Connor. Connor, I think Stoney said we're not talking about Connor on this potty ever again. So, mate, the only person that's got one right this week is breaking news with stony we've gone nothing other than the sun and files and Ooh, we've gone Charles yes. sun and so chael's taken out c in the book of mma and boys that's our first three letters so we look forward to continuing to roll these through maybe we get the fans involved next episode but uh statman, a little bit less bland deal a little bit more uh pg and uh stony continue on my friends thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining snags with story time this week boys
1: thanks snags i i, lit- I literally give.
3: $10,000 to whoever thought B was Baron Bowler. Baron Bowler. I, I
1: swear to fucking God. Barimbola. Look at his face. Baron I thought you made it up. <laughs>
3: you know, Anaconda choke. Yeah, that's difficult. Baron Bowler.
1: <laughs> right, it's one of my favorite moves in Jiu Jitsu. Oh, boys. I think story, story time with stags might kick on a little bit longer, I reckon. So uh, let's jump into Hot Take. Was the UFC right to place Khabib at number one pound-for-pound fighter over John Jones?
0: Uh, I would say short and sweet, yes. I think the man has deserved it, not only from his performance inside the octagon, but also uh, his respect and dignity outside of it as well, what he, what he's brought to the MMA world. So I'm i a happy man for it. I say uh, proceed P for P, baby.
2: Yeah, look, caused a lot of stir on the internet, on the Twitter sphere. Uh, a lot of people confusing the pound for pound list with the all time goat list. Uh, I'd have different responses. So pound for pound, right now, one hundred percent, I'm on Khabib. All time goat. I've got John Jones just ahead of him.
3: One hundred percent agree with Stoney. I think. Uh, I think a lot of people were looking as far back as Jones's wins over uh, Richard Evans, Leota Machida, Rampage Jackson. Those happened a long time ago. And if you look at Current form, Khabib's number one.
1: And let's go to the listeners. Pretty resounding yes, 92%, no 8%. In a division that is already stacked with talent, the USC's 155 division has added Michael Chandler. The three-time lightweight Bellator champion was on wait for the replacement for 254 main events. My question is, was this an opportunity signing for the UFC or based on the uncertainty of some of the stars in the division?
0: I would say a bit of column A, a bit of column B. You know Snags likes to go whichever way he wants to and I think Dana's doing the same thing, baby. So I would say great opportunity for the UFC and also a bit of uncertainty at the moment. So call me Sweden, but I'm sitting on the fence, boys. <laughs>
2: Look, firmly agree. I think it's it's one of those signings you would never pass up the opportunity. In the light of Khabib apparently retiring, I think he could play into the UFC hands uh, tremendously to have him on the books. But yeah, look, I, I honestly think he was just an opportunistic signing, and, and you don't turn them up when they come looking your way. Stepman,
3: um, I think I think a lot of people were blindsided by Khabib's retirement. Um, I think everyone assumed that he was go he was going to go thirty and 0. So I think that the hiring was nothing but tactical from Dana White as a way to weaken Bellator rather than to bolster the UFC 155 mm. division.
1: Let's go to the listeners. 73% said opportunity, 27% uncertainty. Mm. Anderson Silva may not be the decider if he finishes out his UFC contract. Dana White stated he would not let the 46-year-old fight and wishes he didn't say yes to this one.
0: I would let him ride off into the sunset and do what he wants, but 46-year-old, he's had a a stellar career, legend of the sport, um, so I'm happy to see him hopefully ride off into the sunset, but see what happens.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We will see what happens. I must say, just on this topic, DL, it really bothered me the way that uh, Dana chose his words to send off Anderson Silva. Rather than focusing on the legend that he's been, he chose to highlight, um, you know, that he well and truly is done and Dana regrets having let him take the fight. You know, I'd, I'd love to see Anderson, you know, pursue whatever he wants. The fighter instinct, it doesn't leave the person. If he if he feels that he can still go on at a more appropriate level of competition, I think that would be a fantastic outcome for Anderson Silva and all his fans.
3: I think Dana White's hit on the same idea as you, Stoney. That's probably why he chose to finish off his career with a trashing. So if Dana White says it would be inappropriate for Anderson Silva to ever have another fight, it's going to negatively reflect on any promotion that decides to pick him up. Um, if Dana is serious about never putting Anderson Silva back in the cage, he should release him from his contract, allow him to continue on his career if he so wishes. But on a personal note, I would really, really hope that Anderson Silva does not fight again. He doesn't look like he has it, and he hasn't looked like he has had
1: it for quite some time. Let's go to the listeners. 36% said yes. 64% said no. And what was more interesting is was how hard Dana White went on Uriah Hall mm. <laughs> interviewers.
2: Hasn't well. he got an uncanny ability to to absolutely you know degrade his fighters? Even coming off you know Uriah Hall, that's the biggest moment of his career. Um, mm. Look, really disappointing. And, and just quickly, I know it's this hot take, but um, you know calling him the most most timid fighter mm. or most gun shy fighter. Yeah, think you, you said know, both. Yeah. We have frustrations and Statman and I have spoken at length about this. you Hall Hall's obviously phenomenally talented and, and sometimes doesn't appear to let the trigger go, but he's had nine wins in the UFC, six by knockout. So it's not like he's this decision merchant that that you know takes it to the judges and, and can't all you know pull the trigger. Six knockouts in, in nine wins, I think he's doing okay. In the same press
1: conference, Israel Adesanya and Yan was announced by Dana. Is Izzy challenging for the lightweight belt quicker than expected or is it a well-laid plan?
0: Uh, I would say a well-laid plan, to be honest, I think both by Izzy and the UFC. Um, so there should be an interesting to see what comes of it. But another double champ in the mix, boys. I think excited for the fight but then also a little bit kind of nervous in terms of what happens to both divisions as every time we get a double champ, um, we kind of want to see the boys defend and some upcomers, and I was excited about the Rob fight, but hopefully it comes to fruition, boys, pretty soon.
2: Yeah, look, the novelty of the double champs are wearing a bit for me. I've, I've got to be honest, this is a podcast and you boys more so than me, but we are fans of Izzy. Don't love this one. Uh, I, I don't think he's done enough to clear out the division. When I say that, he's fought five of the, the top ten and he's defended twice. So I wouldn't say he swept the division, and I think it's too premature for him to be moving to light heavy. Um, you know, when you've got someone like Bobby Knuckles, who's lost once in eight years, come back, redeemed himself with two wins over some absolute killers, and I'm not buying Dana White saying that Bobby's turned down that fight for a second.
3: Uh, I'm i I'm opposite of Stoney here. I'm excited for the light heavyweight clash with Izzy. I think Jan Blahovic is probably the most winnable champion uh for izzy to to fight with just the fighting style itself um and i do think that israel adesanya taking the light heavyweight belt that used to belong to john jones is the perfect bait to get john jones back into the light heavyweight division that he hasn't actually technically left yet
1: and the listeners said 40 percent too early and 60 percent planned that was our take Boys, we might jump into a leaderboard update, but first, let's get some results from UFC 254 with the man.
3: Running through it, so the light heavyweight division, Magomed Ankulayev defeated Ion Kudalaba by KO due to punches. Um, middleweight division, Phil Hawes defeated Jacob Malkoon by KO in punches in 18 seconds of the first round. In the heavyweight division, Alexander Volkov defeated Walt Harris by TKO, body kick and punches. Robert Whittaker defeated Jared Cannonier in the middleweight division by unanimous decision. And in the main event, Khabib Nurmagomedov defeated Justin Gaethje by technical submission triangle choke in the second round.
1: All right, boys, let's jump into a leaderboard update. All right, boys, it was a good little card for some. And the confident ones, i.e. the stat man, maybe maybe had a fall from grace. (laughs)
3: I just I just found it interesting that yeah the the when I start picking again first Stony comes out strong so <laughs>
0: it's
1: a little bit of shenanigans here so Experience
0: that's fine. Yeah, it was
1: uh, a pretty sad card for the old stat man. He only got the one on the board. So let's start from fourth position. Snags got three on the night at C two fifty four, and they finished on fifty nine for Snags. Uh, DL had a good card, so DL pushed up onto sixty seven. He got four on the night. So I did all right. And now this is the weird part because Statman only got one. So now I am equal second or Statman is equal third, <laughs> however you want to <laughs> see it, on 67 apiece. And our man is back on the top of the leaderboard. Stony 469.
2: Too clear of the Statman. Look, it's good to be home, boys. It is good to be home. But it's not all about me because Zach had a good win as well, boys. He bet against the stat man, and he come out on, on top. So, yeah, in honouring our, our wager, looking forward to getting Zach on a podcast soon, get a bit of insight into the world of MMA over in Santa Barbara, California. So looking forward to that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm loving the idea of first, and then daylight, an equal third. Like, that, that has a nice ring to it. It's
1: crazy. I'm looking forward to seeing Zach on the potty, see what he brings to it. We'll get Zach next episode. We'll have the boys break it down for us. That um,
3: main event... Was absolutely insane. I think that Gaethje probably um, represented a really distinct threat to Khabib in that fight, but you just didn't see it. You just it just didn't it just didn't come to fruition, to borrow a phrase. Um, <laughs> the leg right? kicks I think were starting to do some damage. I think we see we saw the backstage after the fight, Khabib limping a little bit on his legs. Just the adjustments that Khabib made when he found out that he, he was struggling to take him down. So he baited him in with lazy lazy jabs, managed to get the takedown. And once he hit the ground, um, for all Gaethje's talk about being an incredible scrambler to get back to the feet, showed that there were levels to it when you've got Khabib on top of you.
2: Yeah, look, it really is one of those fights. We're all looking forward to seeing how it played out. Obviously, Gaethje wasn't the best striker that's ever faced Khabib, but he was arguably the best package between striking and grappling. And look, it was just the same old story. And it's a credit to Khabib. It, it, it appears it doesn't matter who's in the ring. It's just the same outcome, which is absolute domination. So, you know, just well impressed, as I always am, when, when Khabib gets into the cage. And I think the big question to come out of that as well is, are we going to see number 30? From
1: Khabib, I know straight after the fight as well. Dana was already talking about it, so that's going to be interesting. What do you boys think?
2: Look, I think it's incredibly ironic. Dana White, one of his, you know, noteworthy catchphrases is, "I'll never talk somebody out of retirement." If they mention the word retirement, you know, it's time for them to go. And then, obviously, Khabib announced it in the cage, and then you know, within days, Dana was saying, "I just want to have a chat with Khabib." Uh, you know, I think he can go one more to 30-0. So a little bit of hypocrisy there from Dana White. Look, I, I think we do see Khabib. Get back. I don't think it's imminent. I don't think it's for a while. It may be a year or two layoff, but I don't think we've seen the last of Khabib. Uh,
0: I think we have, boys. I think he's man of his word, and I think he'll hold strong to it. So, uh, breaking news with Snags.
2: I think. I think um, if
3: Khabib does come back, I do not think I will ever trust another MMA retirement again. He said it with such passion and such commitment, and he always does strike as a man whose word is 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 gospel. So, unless his mum. Gives him the all clear to go back out and fight, which I could see being a thing. My big worry is that Dana's going to use our uh, father plan was get to thirty and 0 to get back in there. But I I, I think that would elevate Dana to like a, a cartoon villain. I don't think I don't know if he's necessary necessarily going to push those buttons on Khabib. If he if he does come back, which I I hope he does because I love watching him compete. I'll I'll never put faith in another MMA retirement ever again.
1: Boys, I think it's time to jump into some predictions.
3: Perfect, boys. So we are heading to UFC in Vegas. We've had our trip in Fight Island. Uh, Before we get into it, I just want to highlight um, an upcoming Dana White Contender Series fighter. He will actually have already competed before this podcast comes out. It airs on Wednesday night. Uh, It's Carlos Ulberg. He is a New Zealand city kickboxing protege. He's 2-0 in MMA and he will be competing on Wednesday night. And obviously, as we spoke, we had Chelsea Hackett, um, and she will be on Dana White Contender Series November 17th before our next podcast lands. So very, very important for us to highlight our Oceania fighters. Uh, heading into UFC Vegas 13, we've got three fights from this card, two fights from the next one, so let's jump into it. First up in the heavyweight division, we've got Tanner Boza versus Andre Olovsky. Andrei Olovsky lost his very first professional fight by KO to Vyacheslav Datsik, a truly insane fighter with losses due to eye gouging and disqualification due to not taking a fight seriously. Seconds after he was disqualified for this, Datsik attacked the referee and threw the referee out of the ring. He later disappeared, was presumed dead, (laughs) then showed up in Moscow stealing mobile phones, got locked up in a mental institution due to claiming to be a Mossad agent and Jesus Christ, then later tore a hole in the steel fence of the mental asylum to escape and fled to Norway before joining a Russian neo-Nazi political party. (laughs) Vladimir Datsik, if you ever watch any of his fights, he is the funniest motherfucker to watch in the cage. Uh, But also, like honestly just a broken human being in the brain uh coming into this fight on, oh sorry i'm so sorry stony you're number 1 now so oh. you get to pick first
2: can you controversial. can you just repeat that
3: stepman <laughs> which
2: one the
3: the the stat
2: do you want me to do the study? again <laughs> where am i ranked now stepman you, know, stat you man? Wanna, yeah. beautiful number one. thank you you're, you're ranked number 1 so straight right. to it then what are you doing with the mic cut the stepman's mic down cuz he is not number 1 <laughs> he's cut all right Look, Andre Arlovsky, every time I write him off, he seems to reinvent himself and come back with a win. Now, I had him at first absolutely dead and buried when our boy Ty Tua Vesa, knocked him out. Uh, we're going back maybe five fights back. Um, but look, he's just – I can't trust him. Like, he, he was on the very first UFC I ever watched, which would have been UFC 40-odd. I cannot believe this man's still kicking. Like, it, its um, it's a miracle, but – yeah, look, I'm going on Tanner. Tanner, I hadn't heard of him or hadn't seen anything of him up until he was on the recent uh, Rob Whittaker and Darren Till from memory on that same card, and he had a fairly impressive showing there. So I'm jumping on the younger fighter. Uh, I think Tanner's in his late 20s, so I'm backing uh, Tanner to get it done.
3: Um, interesting you mentioned Taitu Uvasa.
2: I think that
3: of us represents the greatest threat. That style fighter represents the greatest threat to Andrei Orlovsky. Um, for whatever reason, he does very, very well against technical strikers, But throw him against a wild striker with knockout power and Andrei Oloski more often than not ends up unconscious on the floor. Uh, For that reason, I think Andrei Oloski is the the much more skilled fighter, but he's got years under his belt and miles on his chin, and I'm taking Tanner Bozer in this one.
1: I'm trusting the boys with this one. I'm also going to take Tanner for me. Snacks. That was a quick pick. Yeah, I didn't have much to add on that one.
0: Look... Uh, boys, Snags. One of the people, one of one of the fans. I would say one that's on an absolute tear in terms of his picks lately. Um, three last last fight card boys. I just I don't think I can get any better. But I'm going to go tenner as well. Stick with the boys on the first one, and then I'll I'll peel away afterwards.
3: Heading on to the next one, the women's strawweight bout between Claudia Gadelia and Jan Schoenen. Claudia Gadelia has had 11 fights outside the UFC and 11 fights inside the UFC. Gadelia's finish rate outside the UFC was 73%. Her finish rate in the UFC is 9%. Heading into this fight, Jan Jean. Ger- oh, I caught myself again. Gosh. I'm so sorry, Stoney. <laughs> Take it away.
2: Look, I think it's more of a production I issue. It. I was just looking at DL. You need to get quicker on cutting that mic, mate. I love it. He was only the leader for two weeks. Look at him. Yeah, he's smug, eh? Far out. Claudia, boy, I was a big fan. Back when she was challenging, she had the – did she have the tough season, Stepman, is that with Joanna? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She had two really close fights with Joanna. Correct. Yeah, I was a big fan. I, I thought she was really impressive. But then she just fallen, you know, off the wagon, off the radar a little bit for me. One thing that impresses me about Jan is she's had five consecutive unanimous decision victories. And that, that's, um, you know, that's a lot of – dominance inside the cage. So um, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm iffy on this one, but I'm going Jan. Um, the fight
3: that stands out to me, and you can't accurately use MMA math um, to pick a winner, but Jan and Gadelia both have uh, decision victories over Angela Hill. Jan Jernin, um her victory was close, but pretty decisive. Claudia Gedelia, uh most media members, thought that Angela Hill actually picked up that fight. I see the fight going pretty similarly, definitely 100% going to a decision, but I see Shonen uh, taking this one.
1: Yeah, I think Yarn for me, I think she's on a five win streak, six, five, six win streak, and ranked number 10 now in that that division. So she's on the way up. I think Claudia, unfortunately, is probably on the way down. Um, So I think this is a bit of a sliding doors moment.
0: Oh look, boys! I'm going to go firmly against Dale on that one. I'm going to go Claudia. Uh, I think she's going to get it done. Snags going to claw back another point as he continues on his absolute tear, as I would say again on this podcast towards the top of the leaderboard, boys. Only uh, what, probably about 13 more points to go. <laughs> Keep digging, son.
3: And then we're heading to the main event of UFC Vegas 13: It's a light heavyweight bout between Thiago Santos and Glover Teixeira. I've got a bit of a smorgasbord of facts for you about Thiago Santos. Thiago Santos is currently tied for the second most KOs in UFC history with 11, one behind company leader Vitor Belfort. Santos, who also holds the record for most bouts in a calendar year, is coming back from a career-long layoff of 16 months after tearing his LCL, PCL, MCL, meniscus, partially tearing his ACL and cracking his tibia, in his unsuccessful title challenge against John Jones. Despite these injuries, Santos became the first and so far only fighter to win a judges scorecard against Jones, forcing him to a split decision victory. Stoney.
2: Boom. Uh, Tex, you another one similar to Arlovsky. Every time I think this man is done, he, he just reinvents himself. I think he's riding a four-fight streak now. Um, at one point, he was three losses out of his last five, and that's where I thought this is where it's all going to fall apart for him. And then he's gone from strength to strength, obviously had a, had a big win over Anthony Smith, who hasn't, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But I think <laughs> Tiago Santos, he, he was super impressive in that, that Johnny Bones Jones fight. He's had the big layoff, but I just love his power. I can remember, and I can't recall his opponent's DL, but I can remember we've been watching him a few times and he just throws like a man absolutely possessed. And, you know, I, I think he, I've got a ton of respect for him and I think he, he catches Glover in this one. Are, are we doing round oh, and finish yeah. in this yeah, one? Yeah, round of finish. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go round two. Uh,
3: you, you The the power of Tiago Santos is by far the the Factor in this fight, Uh, very very scary man. Um, Probably the most imposing power puncher in the light heavyweight division. I think at 36, um, he's the younger fighter, but he's coming off his longest ever layoff. And the thing that gets me is it's not it's not a it's not a shoulder blade or like a a torn shoulder or anything like that. It's multiple serious knee injuries. Does not inspire confidence. I think he'll be slower, more hittable. And lately, Tashira, Tashira has looked amazing. I'm taking the same round, round two. I'm taking Glover Tashira by TKO.
1: Well, I don't know. This long, what was it? July 2019, that loss to Jones. So what are we in? We're nearly coming up to year and a half um, difference since last time being in the ring. And dude, Santos looks so good in that John Jones fight. And um, look, I had him winning that fight. And I think if there's anyone that's going to see, I can sort of see how it plays out. If Izzy beats Yarn there's some moves in the light heavyweight thing and then he moves up, Santos moves up and I could see I could see Izzy dropping back down and taking on uh, Santos in that light heavyweight bout to defend both belts. So for me, I would love to see Santos take this one against Teixeira um, and I think it's going to be a round two TKO.
0: Jeez, that was like a game of Cluedo. <laughs> yeah, I really was ending, confused. Wasn't I?
1: I actually was uh, <laughs> trying to read my notes, but... Uh, the let's
0: snags go short and sweet, but like a game Connect Four, boys. I'm going Santos for the win, and I'm going to go by decision.
1: Nice. Boys, we might just take a quick break from the predictions as we've got our special guest ready to jump in. Our guest on today's podcast is not only the hottest up and coming flyway in Australia, but is about to get on a plane to Vegas for a chance to score a UFC contract on Dana White's contender series. Please welcome to the podcast, Chelsea Hackett. Chelsea, how are you?
4: Yeah, good. How are you guys? Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. Second time we've had you on the podcast, actually.
4: It is. It is. I mean, you You guys are up there with my faves, just nice, saying.
1: Nice. We appreciate the love. Appreciate the love. Have you started <laughs> packing yet?
4: Yes, that started this morning. <laughs>
1: nice. Is there some essentials yeah. that you need to take on the way to Vegas?
4: so I actually did a little question and answer this morning uh, yesterday on my Instagram because I'm so bad like I haven't been to the States since I was like I'm, like eight years old so I was like what should I bring like and everyone is saying like Vegemite and like <laughs> coffee and I'm just like guys I can hardly eat like when yeah. I'm over there anyway yeah. so like yep. yeah it's funny power adapter Parademic. can't
0: talk to um daniel about vegemite because he actually doesn't have no. it on post he has jam instead <laughs> which is really weird.
4: Uh, actually i'm a, i'm uh, a Promite a promite girl i like ProMite over vegemite
1: <laughs> well it's a bit better than jam
0: Charles. I, I mean yeah, that, yeah.
4: Okay? i agree i agree
1: uh before we get too much about you Charles, i want to know how the nerves was cornering selena on the weekend for eternal 54
4: Oh my God. (laughs) How did you know? Like, how did you know? I, so I was actually like, my heart was just beating out of my chest. I have never felt so nervous. Wow. Like in my, I think in my life, like when, when I fight, you know, like when it's you, you're in full control. So Mm Like I'm I'm not nervous, I'm just excited, I'm ready to get in there. And that's exactly what she was like. Yep. Which I was super happy that she, you know, just bottled it all up and took it all in. But I was actually behind her, like sweating. Like I was like, <laughs> it's, it's hot here, like it's freaking hot. Like I yeah, I was so nervous. I think because with Selena, I've never worked with someone, like being so close to someone like I have with her um, and like I I was working with her like so closely through a whole camp. So, you know, I obviously felt a little bit of, um, you know, it was on my back as well um, and it was her debut so I just had those those nerves. Like I knew she was going to kill it but I was just, I was still so nervous. Now I know how my train is still. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, oh, poor dad.
0: Oh, I reckon that would be worse, being a father and your coach at the same time. Yeah. You'd be sweating bullets 24-7. You know
4: what's crazy, though? Like, Dad is the best. Like, he is so chill. Um, I can never tell when he's nervous, which is why I really enjoy having him in my corner. He, he like, just, you know, rides with it. Like, but he tells me at the end, like, that he was shitting himself. But, like, <laughs> the way he just holds it together is, like, no one I've ever been around. Like, my mum is an absolute nutcase. And, like, everyone else is in our case, but Dad is just so chill.
0: Seems like the same story as last podcast. I think we touched on the mum and the dad stuff and the the bare knuckle in the car park, but we'll leave that story for for last podcast. Yeah,
4: we'll Um, leave that Look,
0: I guess... (laughs) Any Every one of your camps so far have come with a bit of challenges yes. in terms of either a super long camp or a pulled-out opponent. We had another one of those as you lead up to probably one of your biggest fights of your career. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about it all?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I yeah, it wasn't the smoothest camp. Like in regards to training, 100% it was. Like my training this camp was just on like on another level again, like from what it has been in the past. So, you know, we, we hit a couple of roadblocks this camp. We had three date changes. So I started training for Contender in May. Um, that's when I started my camp because we, the first date was July 28. So, you know, I was in camp in May, I was cutting, I was dieting and then COVID hit. So obviously they held it out. They didn't really release a date. We weren't sure, but I just stayed in camp just in case it was soon. And then they released October 6th. So I think they released that in about July, and that's when I was like, okay, so I've, I'm staying in camp. You know, it's July already; October's around the corner. And then they decide to go back to Fight Island and push it back again to November. So um, I've literally had a six month fight camp. Wow.
0: Yeah. So crazy. how long have you been not in fight camp after your last fight camp? <laughs> because it feels like last time we spoke to you, I think you had about a twelve week, no, sixteen week or something yeah. in fight camp for last fight. Yeah.
4: So last, last. Are you, you ever not in fart one, camp? No, I, it doesn't feel like it. Hey, like <laughs> I, like I'm like I don't remember when my last drink was. I don't remember when. I just don't remember having a lie. <laughs> 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 but um, no, it's obviously brought me to this next fight. So it's all been worth it. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. So, when did you find out? Um, obviously, it was probably after your last fight. But when did you find out that you get an opportunity to go on the contender series, and how was that feeling?
4: So, I got told from my manager that um, if I won that fight, I would get a, a spot on contender. So, I actually knew going into my fight in March that, you know, like there's a lot on the line here. It's not just a win. Um, in front of my home crowd like if I win I've got that spot so it was I was fighting for a lot like I was fighting for my future basically so I went out there did the job that's why I was super happy at the end because I didn't tell anyone (laughs) I didn't tell them for a while so but in my in myself and obviously my team and my manager knew that um yeah we were on like that's all that the matchmakers in the UFC needed to see. They needed one more win out of me and then I was on contender. And
1: because of the short turnaround with swapping opponents, have you had a chance to really get your head around who you're actually fighting?
4: Um, It's it's weird. Like Mm -hmm. there's mixed emotions, you know, like there's frustration because we're now up to number four for this camp, like this girl that I'm fighting now that's actually locked in is the fourth opponent so it was very choppy and changing my first one that I've been matched with that I was matched with since you know May um, she had visa complications which is why she had to pull out but from her you know number two no idea why she pulled out number three pull out and then I'm just so grateful and happy that this girl stepped up because it was only three weeks notice you know she stepped up about a week ago so three weeks out and at the end of the day like this is for a UFC contract. Like, I just don't know why these girls aren't jumping at the chance. Like I, you just drop anything and just run with it. So um, yeah, it's, it's been rough in that sense. Like I, I remember when I got my third opponent, we were really excited because she was a Southpaw and, you know, it's no secret that I love mixing my stances up and working my angles. So we had her for a week and that whole week at training I was just you know like unlocking all of these new things that I was doing and you know and I was getting really confident with this girl and then she pulled out so I was devastated after that one because I was really confident and looking forward to fighting her um but you know like at the end of the day I don't care who I fight I just need a face to punch and I need that contract so <laughs> yeah
1: I was gonna say do you do you just spend more time just focusing on yourself? I know you like just watching your Instagram and your videos and things like that, explosiveness is mm-hmm. huge for you. You're always working on things that are based on your explosiveness.
4: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My, I think my biggest asset, especially in the division I am in, is uh, my strength but also my speed and power. So. Um, I think girls don't really understand that until they are standing in front of me, but it's something that I've worked on for years. Like it's not something that you can just develop in a couple of months. Like I've been at this for a long, long time. So, um, yeah, and it, I just work at it every day. Obviously my main focus is myself and, you know, getting to a stage where like I'm I'm always learning, I'm always improving but um, you know, you still you've got to look at your opponents. Like, I never not look at my opponents. You know, I see their their past fights, they work out. You know what they like to do, all that sort of stuff. But there's one thing. You know, you you do a little bit of research, but you don't overanalyze and overthink them. You know, you you've just got to focus. Put oh, like eighty percent of your focus on yourself.
1: Um, I did want to ask you, Chelsea, you've had, when you've been sparring, you had Beck recently as part of your little spa sessions. How did that go?
4: Yeah, really good. I bloody love Beck. She is an absolute legend. Um, I've been really lucky and grateful to have her pretty much, yeah, a part of this prep. Um, We've had some awesome spars. They go zero to a hundred real quick, (laughs) but um, you know, that's the fight. So I'm just so lucky that I've got her here on the Gold Coast like she usually um, you know out of COVID she does all her preps in the States so even though she's an Aussie she's never really here for her fight camp so you know I got her at a good time she's you know waiting to get the call up for Bellator Um, so she's in hard training as well looking super sharp and yeah she's helped me so much with you know, everything. She's been in the sport for so long. So it's really cool to have someone with her level of experience just, yeah, prep with me and help me through.
0: Well, uh, you yeah, know, from looking at your Instagram and stuff, uh, you look like you're absolutely dialed in at the moment and ready to roll. Yeah. So. Um, As you roll over into, I guess, into camp over there, what's the difference between, well, I guess we haven't been there yet, but who do you get to take and what's kind of the team that you're taking over with yourself at the moment? Yeah,
4: so for Contender and because of COVID reasons, we can only take two people so and that's including me. So I'm only taking my dad with me um, because he's also one of my main coaches. So my Vince Perry, my um, main MMA coach, obviously runs his gym here. And with the whole quarantine, when we come back, it's just too long for him to be away from the gym. So, you know, he won't be able to come, but I've got dad coming with me. And then when we get to Vegas, we're actually um, meeting Mark Fiore. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's a well-known trainer over in the states and we're um really good friends with him so he's going to corner me over there as well which i'm very lucky because he is a legend
0: it seems like i don't know i'm nervous (laughs) only because you're a fan favorite of the podcast so um are you prepared for quarantine when you get back what's the plan
4: the plan is to order Krispy Kreme and, <laughs> and this is
0: what we had on last
4: podcast. As well. <laughs> and eat some burgers. No, I'm kidding. Uh, my <laughs> part, my Jake, my boyfriend, was like, "You're gonna come back like a bowling ball." So like <laughs> my goal is to not let that happen. But um, no, just some workouts. I'll be able to do pads with dad. Um, yeah, just kind of relax because it's been a really hectic six months. So I think I'll enjoy it.
1: And not that you need any extra motivation, but is it exciting to see how many Australians are doing so well in the sport at the moment? Like everywhere you look, they're they're, they're dominating the game.
4: 100%. And, you know, the UFC are taking notice, which, you know, is why I've got this spot on contender as well. Like, I you know, I truly believe that if it wasn't for the momentum that the, the guys and the girls in the UFC are making at the moment, these spots wouldn't be coming up for up-and-comers, you know, out of Australia. So, you know, it's definitely taking its own wave and, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm so excited that, like, I've got the Aussie spot for Contender because, you know, I'm, I'm, like, Jimmy was the last Aussie on Contender So, and he absolutely dominated. So I'm super excited to do the same.
0: Well, the next up and coming Aussie fighter, um, I guess we probably don't need one because Dale and I both know how the fight's probably going to finish anyway. But do you want to give us your prediction on how we're going to end the contender series? Yeah.
4: Prediction is a knockout for sure. We're going for that KO. You know, like I've been watching the contender the last few weeks and Every, after every show, like Dana White calls out at the athletes and, you know, hands them their contracts. But the one thing that I've been taking note with him is, you know, like he wants the finishes, like he wants he wants those finishes. So, you know, maybe for a girl fighter it would be different. Like he wouldn't really mind. But um, to me, I'm definitely looking for that finish. And I know I have everything in my toolbox to deliver it.
1: Absolutely. Mate, we'll be, mm-hmm. we'll be supporting you really, really hard on the podcast. Um, we can't wait. November 17th, I think it is on Australian yes. TV. Um, yeah. So we're looking forward to that, mate. So thanks for jumping on the podcast once again, and we wish you all luck for the Contender Series.
4: Thank you so much, guys. I'll talk to you when I get back. Woo. Look thanks, forward to Charles. it. Good luck. Thanks, Legends.
0: Thanks, mate. Thanks, Charles. Bye. Thanks,
4: guys. Bye. Bye.
1: And let's jump back into the predictions.
3: Heading over to UFC Vegas 14 the next weekend over, we're looking at a welterweight bout between Brian Barberina and Daniel Rodriguez. When Daniel Rodriguez appeared on the Contender Series, he was the only fighter that week to pick up a win that did not get offered a UFC contract. After going back to the regional circuit and picking up a title there, the UFC offered him a late-notice fight against Tim Means, which he accepted and won. He is now 3-0 in the UFC, while the four fighters who were offered contracts on his episode of the Contender Series have a combined record of 4-3. and three.
4: Hmm.
2: Really tough one. I don't have a lot of science backing this one up. This is a bit of a Hail Mary. I'm going Daniel Rodriguez, man.
3: I'm also going Daniel Rodriguez. I think um, the thing that catches my eye is beating Tim Means on short notice in your Octagon debut in team Tim means backyard in dominating fashion knocked him down and choked him unconscious with a standing guillotine barberina for me has always been inconsistent sometimes he looks like a world beater uh and sometimes he, he looks he looks like your your average number 30 in the world or number 40 in the world number 50 in the world he'll offer a solid challenge but i reckon rodriguez should take this one
1: yeah i'm taking the d rod Myself, so Daniel Rodriguez, 13 and 1. Current win streak is 9. I'm really excited about this fight, actually. Mm. So I'm going to take the D-Rod. Let's
2: get it. (laughs) Really wanted to say
0: (laughs) it. How am I supposed (laughs) to follow this content? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Last time it's Pluto. This time we're talking (laughs) D-Rod. What's his name? Look. (laughs) Snags loves a good D-Rod himself. So he's going to (laughs) take Rodriguez as well, boys. Carry on. I can't do this.
3: Uh, we're, we're heading to the main event now. The lightweight bout between Islam Makachev and Rafael Dos Anjos. Islam Makachev is the least hittable fighter in UFC history, having absorbed the least significant strikes per minute out of every fighter to have more than five UFC fights. He is hit on average less than one time per minute. We done? <laughs> okay. Yeah, mate. That's it.
2: That's, that's
0: it. I only had
3: one long stat this time around. I thought there
0: was like was a punchline coming.
2: You no, know you finish on a different like, tone. That one threw me. I thought there was something else coming. I'm so, I'm so that's sorry. That's okay. Uh, but you haven't thrown my tip in this one. So RDA, obviously a veteran of the sport. I do love and admire uh, Rafael de Santos, but I think father time might be getting on a little bit for him, uh, especially in this one. Islam, super impressive. Um, you know, he, he's younger. He's got the winning streak. In these situations, very rarely, DL, does the, does the old fighter win. I know it, sometimes it, it does go against the grain and Cowboy beating the raging Alexander Hernandez. That was one that really um, you know, shocked me, but you know, I'd be staggered uh, if RDA got up in this one. So, uh, Islam, for me, I'm picking a decision.
3: I, I 100% agree with you uh, in that regard. It's the first fight at lightweight for Rafael Dos Anjos in four years. At 36, he's well past his prime and maybe... Even uh, they say that as you get older, the cut becomes harder. Uh, It's been a while between drinks since he's been down into that division. He's really only beaten one decent wrestler. um, Anytime recently, it was Kevin Lee. And Kevin Lee is not exactly known for his wrestling nowadays as well. You'd have to travel back to Benson Henderson for a lightweight wrestler that he's fought and beaten. But I am absolutely taking Islam Markachev. Same story, decision all the way.
1: Markachev hasn't lost since 2015. He's not going to lose in this one. I think he's going to take RDA. I think it could go. It could go a lot earlier than people think. I think it could be a first round knockout. Unfortunately for RDA, because I like RDA.
0: Look, okay, yeah, I think I've got something in com- common with Islam. To be honest, like I haven't lost since <laughs> 2000, and I think uh, what probably about 2018. Uh, that's because I haven't competed since then, boys. Uh, but I'm going to go Islam as well. I think I'm going to go decision for this one. Trying to scale back some points for, for snags this week.
1: All right, boys, that rounds out our predictions. I think it's time to jump into the runner back punter's club, boys. The bank has a balance. Keep the dollars <laughs> dropping, boys. Oh, keep them dropping. To keep running in.
0: I feel like I'm out on a Saturday night the other week winning a feature.
1: The lads have a nice little balance of $130 going straight to that bank. From the last episode, leg one was Crystal Palace at $2.77. Stony got that one. He also, in the podcast, if you go back, he did mention the goal scorer of the of that match oh, and he did no. nail it. Look at it. Just been a great fortnight for Stony. It was pretty good. Uh, leg two, Melbourne Storm, $1.49. They were favourites. Even though a lot of people thought they shouldn't be, they dominated that game. So we we smashed that uh, leg two in. And then we had a couple of NFL games that kicked off at 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, Australian time. So we woke up to the joy of $130 into the bank balance. So... Not bad, so not good. bad, not bad for a $10 investment.
2: Hey, I'm not going to lie, I was in a state of shock when that all came through. I was really nervous on the last leg, which I believe was Sugar Snags' Pittsburgh Steelers to yep. get up.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Mate,
0: they're 7-0 yeah, undefe- now.
1: they
2: only undefeated team. In hindsight, it's a good pick, and we're not used to saying that about one of Snags' no, picks. So
0: no. Well, I firmly up. agree on that statement. Straighten
2: right? right up. So, boys, let's, let's jump in with our
1: newfound found fortune. This week's $10 investor is Snags.
0: Boys, well, happy to be here after my extremely, extremely good picks the last couple of weeks. So looking forward to another fruition, fruition of course,
1: Let's keep the good times rolling. I will kick off leg one straightforward after my Arizona Cardinal. Sorry, after our Arizona Cardinal snags. Go on, mate. Don't disrespect knocked me. Knocked off no. the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle was amazing this week, and I think I'll take in my first leg
2: Seattle Seahawks playing the the Bills. Dollar sixty three.
1: Stony,
0: nice little start for the boys.
2: Lock it in, boys. We're going back over to the UK. Going to take a a little leaf out of Sugar Snags' book. What are we thinking? Blue pill or red pill? Oh, Oh.
0: I'm always about that blue
2: pill, baby. Red. Okay, it all comes down to the stat, man. What are we thinking? Red. Red. It is, and with good reason. We're going back to Crystal Palace, boys. Oh, Oh, Uh, looking. Oh no. (laughs)
4: <laughs>
2: no, let's have none of that. They're playing Leeds United, who have obviously started the season fairly well for a promotion team. But I look at the quality between two, and I think Palace stack up, you know, at least on par. And they're paying 3.10 in that matchup. So I'm just as confident as I was last time around with Palace. Uh, I think they get it done here. So at $3.10, Palace to beat Leeds. What day are they playing? Sunday the 8th.
0: Oh, keep going, Snags. Keep going.
1: Sunday the 8th go they play the e- so they play, they play the EPL every day or is no. it like, like no it's a weekend?
0: weekend Crystal Palace 310
2: look out
1: Jesus Value. okay who's scoring a goal no let not let's not do that my
2: boy Wilfred Zaha is <laughs> scoring <laughs> the goal <laughs> but we're not putting that on just for those playing at home the blue pill would have been Leicester City tomorrow morning to also knock off Leeds so consecutive losses oh. for Leeds coming up according to Sony interesting
1: okay
3: DL producer? DL producer, DL yeah. producer, a question: Are we avoiding U.S. politics oh, on this podcast? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: okay, cool. What's Give it what saying, though?
1: Who are you going?
3: I was, I, I was going um, the uh, Democratic to win the Senate at two dollars ten.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if they get up there.
3: Oh, I mean the the Republicans are playing three dollars fifty. That's the that's the
0: interesting one there.
3: Oh, boys, I'm heading to NFL as well. I'm going the Minnesota Vikings at the line. 3 dollars minus three point uh, five handicap, $1.93 against the Detroit Lions.
2: Yeah, safe
1: pick. Yep. Like Snags already up before you drop. Here we go again.
0: Minnesota Vikings. Had a good win today.
1: Minus
2: three point five handicap, dollar ninety three. handicap. $1.93. Copy that. Knocked off the package. In the multi. Yeah. Yeah. In form. Good pick, Stepman. Thank you. That was my backup.
0: Rightio, boys. Well... <laughs> Shall we round this bad boy off with a bit of bowls, a bit of show What's jumping? What's our multi currently before your of, tip? Sorry, just cut me off again, as per usual. <laughs> no, not by, not <laughs> as per usual. Multi currently sits at 9.87. Power play would be 11.11. Oh, 11. That's all right. Um, so, boys, I don't really know where to go this week. Got a couple of interesting ones. A um, bit of handball action I was looking at before, a bit of show jumping, a uh, bit of, you know. Whatever Snags would like. Not eSports, that's for sure, because I'm never going back there. (laughs) bit of biathlon. Who knows where Snags would go? Do you know where he's going to go? He's going to go back to the NFL because that's where he does his best work. Okay. So Snags this week, just for the boys to kind of bring home, I guess, another victory. And I'm feeling a little bit nervous about this one, but I'm going to roll it in there. Um, I'm going to go this week, boys. Bear with me. I'm going to go the Washington football team to beat the New York Giants to paying $1.60. So nothing too elaborate from Snags. No Peter Wright this week, boys. Um, so that sits us at fifteen seventy nine. If we power play that boy bad boy up, we get eighteen thirty four. So it's a potential one hundred and eighty three dollars for the boys. I'm Feeling pretty good about today. those
3: picks, except for Crystal Palace. <laughs> yeah, what, so what's yeah, got, you got you rattled? It. What are you in Leeds? Ah, it's just the just the line. I don't like <laughs> yeah, it. I don't numbers. like it. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't follow. Um, I don't follow the EPL too much, but I saw you go on a a three ten.
2: Underdog. Yeah, it's win, draw, win. So come on, mate. Get get around it. A bit of positivity. Nothing but negativity. You lose the belt and you've lost composure. Come on, bring it back positive vibes boys that's
1: a wrap on episode 36 if you like what we're doing hit us up on all our socials please like share comment or subscribe to the podcast don't forget we're on youtube and all podcast platforms if you'd like to support the podcast apart from listening liking and sharing our content hit up them supporter tees the link will be in our bio the t-shirts are very limited we're only doing a limited run of these any questions shoot us off in the dms that's us for episode 36 boys on producer DL
0: Oh, sorry, I was just I was dabbing everyone on the Zoom call. I'm Sugar Staggs.
1: I'm, I'm the stat man, and my name is Tony. And we'll run it back with you all on the next run it back podcast.
0: Remember when the dab was cool? Yep. Yeah. Hey, it's still
3: cool.
1: <laughs> still 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 little. cool, man. Uh, yeah. <sighs> totally. We need to come up with a run it back thing.
0: Goosey. Goosey Goosey Goosey. That was a good song. Do you remember that yeah. song on Boy Street?